Hello and welcome to The Pathway. My name is Tim Deeks, and in this podcast, we dive deep into the lives of interesting characters from a wide range of backgrounds. No matter if the guest is a leader in business, sport, media, or politics, everyone has a pathway through life. And it is my ambition that through each guest's unique story, you'll be able to take something away to put into action on your own path. So let's start walking. My guest today is Amy Lyons, or better known to her thousands of followers as Blondie in China. Amy grew up in Sydney, but has created a strong presence and influence, documenting her adventures on YouTube as she explores Chinese culture, the language, and of course, the delicious food. Without further ado, Ni Hao Amy. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hang gao xing jin dao nin. Oh! Very excited to talk to you. And, um, and if first, if you can set things off um, by just telling everyone, where are you in the world and, and what you're doing? Yeah, so I am currently in Beijing. And basically, I'm a content creator. I make videos for my YouTube channel as well as for my Chinese social media platforms, basically documenting my travels, what I eat, what I experience here in China. But I, I only came back to China in the last four months. So in the last year and a half during COVID, I was in Australia doing food videos with my family, taking my parents out to try Chinese food for the first time, different kinds of Chinese food. So that was a really cool experience as well. So yeah, that's, that's basically what I do. One of the things that I like to do in this podcast is start at the beginning of people's journey. So I want to know, what was your first ever job? Oh, my first ever job was actually being a receptionist for my parents' dentist, dentistry, dentist, what do they call it? Yeah, yeah dentistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, dentistry. So yeah, my first job was receptioning there. But more, uh, I'd probably say my first actual job was a footwear saleswoman at a foot shop, uh, footwear shop uh, for shoes. And uh, yeah, so I was selling shoes, like school shoes, shoes for, you know, more troubled feet problems. So I kind of got my customer serve, a bit, bit of a background in customer service by doing that, which was actually a really good experience. I want to start this Chinese you know, interest of yours by asking where, where did you first encounter Chinese culture and the Chinese language? So the first time, well, I've grown up always having Chinese friends. So that was, you know, always there in my life and that presence. But I only really started going out of my way to learn more about the history and the culture. Um, in my final year of school, I had a teacher that was really a history teacher who was really passionate about Chinese history, Chinese modern history. And that kind of transferred onto me. I started doing a lot more background reading about the topic. And that kind of culminated in me choosing Chinese studies as one of my majors going into university. Um, but I wouldn't say that I really got a true taste for what China is actually like until I actually went to China for my first time. And I don't think you can truly understand any country until you actually go there. So when I went to China for my first time, it was such an eye-opening experience. And I would say that that was my first kind of touch point with the real China. You, we both come from Australia and you can't believe how many people are in China until you walk along yeah. the streets and you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like so many cities. Like in a, in Australia, you know, we have six major-ish cities, but everywhere, and there are just cities everywhere. And even a small city in China would be bigger than our biggest city in Australia. It was it just the scale of things just blew me away. 
What inspired you to create the YouTube channel and document some of these journeys that you've been on? Well, it was, it's kind of a long story. The YouTube channel, I was already making content before I started YouTube. So I first started on Chinese social media and I started that when I came to China for like my third or fourth time, I came back to study Chinese language in 2017. And I was kind of keen to see what kind of opportunities I could find for myself in China. Previous to that, I was kind of, you know, a bit of a background. I went to a private girls' school. My friends around me are very high achievers and all went on after graduation to become lawyers, surgeons, uh, investing, um, like investors or management consultants. And that was my group of friends. So I found myself going into more of a corporate direction but when I actually got into it, I kind of found that I wasn't feeling fulfilled in terms of what I wanted from my life and what I wanted more to be doing. So going back to China in 2017, I kind of quit my job and just thought this would be a good opportunity to get in touch with what I want and the direction I want to go in. And it was when I was um, in China that I started videos about my life and posting it on Chinese social media. And I was doing that for a year and a bit or more before I actually started posting on YouTube. And the reason I started posting on YouTube was because I wanted to kind of move away from showing my life as a foreigner in China for a Chinese audience and more show my life in China for a foreign audience to give people more of a glimpse into the real China that I experienced that, you know, I wanted to share with everyone. So that's why I started up YouTube. And I really didn't expect for it to go anywhere but I'm so happy and feel so grateful that it has and that I can kind of do this as my everyday life yeah feel, feel very grateful for that did you know anyone before moving over there yeah 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 so I so the first time I went to China was in 2014 as an exchange student I went to Shanghai and I kind of living the exchange student life you make a, a lot of friends a lot of a lot of foreign friends I would say um and that's one of the lessons I've kind of learned over my time of being in China. When I first went to China, you and when you're in an unfamiliar environment, you tend to stick within your comfort zone and you talk with people that are from the same place. You know, all of my friends were pretty much Australian. But I think part of the reason why you want to go to another country and experience another life is to make to see a different side of things and to make um local friends. So I did a lot more of that in twenty seventeen. I made a lot of local Chinese friends. I ended up living with them. But yeah, for me not knowing anyone moving to a country is not really that daunting because I know that you can always make friends when you arrive. And also both in 2014 and 2017, when I was studying in China, when you're in like a school environment, you've got classmates and it's very easy to make friends. So that was never something that I was very daunted by. But now I'm very lucky to say that I have a really lovely network of friends here in China, both foreign and Chinese. And yeah, that's from the, the years that I've been here, which is amazing. I think for a lot of people, the, the barrier for them is the language. So they, they yeah. don't understand the language and they might be a bit fearful of, of going over there or not just China, but any country. For you, yeah. how much knowledge did you have of the language before you, you actually moved over? Like I had some, but so the first time I moved over in 2014, I had been studying Chinese for two years at university, but at university in Australia, just because you have a major in Chinese studies doesn't mean that you're fluent in Chinese by any 
standard. Like I, I, you know, one or two lessons a week is not enough to equip you with the kind of fluency you need to, you know, thrive in another country. So I had been studying for two years, but when I actually went to China, it was so embarrassing because I hardly knew how to say anything. I would say my communication skills were hardly anything I could not communicate like I knew the basics of the language you know the basic phrases and stuff like that but I definitely wouldn't be able to have a conversation with um, someone in Chinese that definitely changes when you spend more time in the country and I'm a big believer in learning from the environment and immersing yourself in a language and I kind of little by little your ear starts to pick up things and it's easier to communicate and kind of even just very organically, even that first year that I was there, I wasn't even studying Chinese. I was studying my marketing courses as a part of my degree for Australia. So even though I wasn't doing any kind of Chinese studies, I was still picking it up way faster than I was when I was in Australia. So yes, it, it is kind of daunting not knowing the language going into a situation. But in my experience, pressure makes diamonds. <laughs> as cheesy as that is, it's really true. Like, And some of my friends that have learned Chinese the best and the fastest they've been thrust into situations that are they are extremely uncomfortable in where you know they are doing bachelor or master's degrees in the local language like I've never done that myself but I can't even imagine how much pressure that is to be able to write theses and understand your lectures when it's not in your native tongue but those people that put themselves in that situation their Chinese is absolutely amazing and they learn so quickly because, you know, you have to sink or swim kind of thing. So I wouldn't like, of course, it will be uncomfortable at times, but, you know, it'll be the best outcome, I think. One of the things that COVID has really done for a lot of people is it's allowed them to kind of sit back and for the first time for a lot of people, look at their lives and think, am I on the right path? Am I doing, I want to take you back because it's really interesting doing a bit of research about you. You talked about your bank job that you, that you admitted that you weren't a massive fan of and you took this massive leap. Break down if you can, how you're able to come to that decision and maybe block out what others would say to you and say, you know, what, what do you mean you want to move to China? Yeah, it was a really tough time for me because I felt like there were all these expectations placed upon me, not anything that was ever said, but maybe it was even expectations I had on myself, considering my environment, my friend group, the high achievers in my family. And I felt like there was a way forward for me and that was the right way. And um, I never really considered doing anything else. So I was working this job in Australia at a bank and it was an amazing opportunity. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. But I thought of the life that I wanted, which was, you know, maybe being my own boss, having, you know, more time traveling and meeting new people and being creative and creating something in the job that I was in, even though it was like a really amazing opportunity and I was going well. I just didn't feel like it was maybe my path. And so I I was very lucky because I did have a scholarship up my sleeve to go back to China and study at a university. So I feel like having that really helped me make that leap because I felt like I could do this and go to China and invest in myself because learning Chinese, even if at the end of the day, no opportunities came out of that year of Chinese learning, I would still come out of it with a year more of Chinese under my belt, which is an amazing skill to have in any job. So um, I felt like 
having that gave me kind of a safety net and the ability to go, give it a go, don't put too much pressure on myself because at the end of the day, I would still be walking away with a skill. So I felt like the reason I could go there was because I had this scholarship and it gave me that safety net. But when I actually did go, I had this massive kind of internal crisis like, (laughs) oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like I'm leaving this amazing job with these amazing colleagues and opportunities for growth. My friends around me are earning, you know, six figure salaries their first year out of university. You know, I'm going back to be a student. I'm 25. Like I'm just like, oh my gosh, I thought my life would be so much more on track by 25. And I kind of felt like I was starting again somewhat and going back to school. But so that was like a really crazy time for me because I felt like I was disappointing maybe the people around me. I was disappointing myself. I was kind of scared of other people's opinions about like, oh, so what's Amy doing to, you know, quit her job to go to China and do what? But I think the more time that I spent in China and the more I found my feet, the more I found pleasure out of making videos and finding this kind of niche for myself, my direction changed. So I think I felt all of this internal struggle because the direction I felt like I was on in my life abruptly changed, but I didn't have a new direction yet. But once I found kind of a new direction through trial and error and and I was having fun doing these videos and traveling and it was kind of like that lifeline and I kind of just kept crawling towards that. And definitely it wasn't like overnight, suddenly I was able to like make money from making videos. It was kind of like a lot of free work at the beginning, a lot of free, you know, working for free, but like my channels kind of grew and now I'm able to like make a living from doing this, which I just find like amazing. It's kind of crazy to think that I'm, you know, here now talking to you about, you know, my journey. I can't believe that I'm here and, and that I did it. But, but I would really encourage anyone that has the opportunity when you're young, take those risks, especially if you're in a position where you have a family that can support you. There's a lot of people out there in the world that they need to go into the workforce and work to support their families. And I have the luxury of not having to do that. If everything else fails and I fall flat on my face, I still have a family at the end of the day that I can go live with and that can support me. So I would say to anyone that has that luxury, make the most of it. Try to live the life that you want and do the things that you want um, because there are probably the majority of people that aren't able to do that. So if you can try, um, do everything that you can to live your best life. I love that. That is so refreshing. <laughs> that is so cool because there is definitely people that listen to Exterior and, and I think that you have taken such a big leap uh, and I think it's really cool and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Now, what is one of the most memorable moments? I mean, you've had so many, but what's one of the memorable moments that really sticks in your mind when uh, traveling around China? Oh, I've, uh, yeah, I have had so many memorable moments. Um, let me have a think about that. Just the, the uh, oh, and you know, when you're just bombarded with memorable moments, um, a thousand it's like percent. hard to like sift out, sift out one from the other. Like I do have the, it's, it's, it's amazing because every week 
is a memorable mm. moment for me here in China. Like I'm moving around so much. I'm experiencing new places and meeting new people. Probably one of the most memorable, like craziest moments that led to so many amazing experiences was, and this is kind of representative of the kind of thing I experienced day to day in China is I was at a restaurant having a meal. I ended up striking up a conversation with some people that were sitting next to me. They, uh, we swapped WeChat. They invited me to come to their hometown, which is like far, far remote in, um, in Yunnan province, like kind of in the middle of, um, in the middle of nowhere. So I actually ended up taking them up on that offer and I went and visited them in their hometown. It took like ages to get there. I took like flights and flights and buses and trains and cars to get to their home province. But it was just the coolest experience, like visiting their, where they call home and their way of life. And they ended up connecting me with a lot of their friends around the province. And that ended up in me being able to celebrate one of the biggest celebrations in that region, which is the water splashing festival, which is the the New Year celebration for the Dai ethnic minority. I was one of the only foreigners in this area at that time. And basically it's this big water fight that's happening. And it was just like the craziest experience because I just feel like no one really gets to experience that. And feeling like I'm one of the only people that have experienced that in that particular town, it, it, was just, it felt like just such an honor um, to be able to see and experience that with my own eyes. But so that was really, really memorable for me. I love that. That's so cool. Real authentic, real authentic experience. Yeah, really authentic. And just kind of shows that here in China, I'm just so much more willing to go out of my way to make new friends and follow up on those connections. Like, I don't think I would ever do that in Sydney. Like if I meet someone at a restaurant, would I go to their hometown yeah. on the other side of Australia? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would, but I don't know, something about being here makes me so much more daring and like willing to try new things. So Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Now, I want to finish up with some rapid fire questions. If you can finish these sentences Ooh. for me. Yeah. The first thing that you do when you get up in the morning is? Drink coffee. <laughs> Same. Likewise. The book that you recommend <laughs> to people the most is? Rivertown. I can't remember the author, but it's like a really cool experience of a, of a guy living in China maybe like 30 years ago. I like it. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it. The the one yeah. item you can't travel without. My camera. The best purchase that you've ever made under $100 is? Oh, good question. Um, probably a flight. Like there are so many cheap flights here. So I think probably one of the best things under $100 is just a flight that takes me to a new place. The thing that most excites you about the future is? The uncertainty and not knowing what's going to happen. That's really cool. I think that actually sums up your story really, really well. Is that um, <laughs> you, you literally just don't know what kind of journey and that's, that's sometimes the best life. Yeah. Finally, the thing I want to ask you, what do you wish that you could have told yourself back when you first got to China that, that you know now? Don't worry. Like stop worrying. Everything is going to work out. And life is going to take you where it wants to take you. So stop all the anxiety. <laughs> that is a beautiful way to finish it up. Amy, where can people find out about your journey? So I'm on YouTube and Instagram under the name Blondie in China, like blonde hair, Blondie, Blondie in China. <laughs> and yeah, you can check out my videos on my Instagram and see what kind of things I'm getting up to in China. Very cool. Will you enjoy the rest of the day? And it wouldn't be, you know, appropriate you. if I didn't say Zai Jian. Oh, Zai Jian. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and join me next time on The Pathway.